You're listening to Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully. I'm your host, Dolores Alfieri Taranto. In this show, we explore Bella Figura, the art of beautifying all facets of your life, with a focus on heritage as a means to do so. In each episode, I talk to designers, writers, fashion bloggers, healers, and others from various ethnic backgrounds about what I call the holy, the elemental, and the majesty, their culture's spiritual style, its principal values, and their lineage and family stories, all in a straight talk manner with minimal woo-woo. Join me in spiritual conversations for the rest of us. Your heritage is your superpower. Learn how to wield it. Hello, everyone. So glad to have you here joining me for episode 11. I am aware that it's been a little while. You know, under the best of circumstances, uh, as a new mom of a one-year-old with a full-time job, etc., it's hard to be consistent with a new project as passionate as you may be about it. Um, but I personally found the past six or seven months especially difficult to stay on track, um, to stay focused and to feel like I really knew where I was going <laughs> and in what direction I wanted to go. Um, certainly I think like many of you, a lot more seemed certain at the start of 2020, you know, when we were clinking our champagne, champagne glasses and ushering in a, a new year. But as the year has gone on, um, again, like, like many of you, I know I felt drained at times uninspired and just overall, um, overwhelmed, you know, by social media, the news, the violence, the discord, the fear and on and on and on. So I just kept needing to kind of pull back and breathe and just be in my home with my family and I guess just be more private than outward. So I do have several terrific episodes left that I did record over the summer and they're such great guests and I really want to get them out there. And I thought a good way to do this was to publish them all one right after the other as we reach the end of the year here. In that way, start the new year fresh with nothing following me, nothing dragging, and just start with a clean slate and see in the new year, which hopefully will be very different than this one in many ways, you know, see where I, in which direction this wants to go and in which direction I would like to go and just kind of take time to regroup and, um, and start a new year with a new vision, a new perspective, and possibly even a new attitude. <laughs> so um, with all that said, let's jump in here. Um, again, a terrific show. My guest is Stephanie Floor. She is a New York City-based celebrity makeup artist who works regularly with industry leaders ranging from musicians to television personalities. Her clients include Mariah Carey, Eve, Sting, Kathy Griffin, and politicians, Mexican President Felipe Calderon, and the Israel and Israeli President Shimon Peres, among others. 
She's most currently the global color pro artist for Clinique US and Hispanic market. Flora has been featured on Glam Belitza magazine, Weekend Section, Latina magazine's Young and Inspiring Ones to Watch list, Beauty Vanguard in April 2015, and landed herself on the Cosmo for Latinos blog spotlight for Around the World Beauty, which is her company. She is a go-to beauty expert for her tips in both beauty and travel for Teen Vogue, Allure.com, Glamour, InStyle, Essence.com, and Vogue.com. Editorially, Floor has worked on photo shoots and video productions for Cosmopolitan, Glamour, L'Oreal, People, Martha Stewart, The New Yorker, Time, Own, Oprah, Victoria's Secret, and Women's Wear. So obviously, Stephanie is very accomplished at what she does and very good at what she does. And uh, I loved that her focus uh, with her her beauty company was not just on her own heritage, although that, that is part of what she does, but it's on global traditional um, approaches and also just global beauty. So I think that's a really interesting topic that we haven't talked about yet on the show. And she's got a great personality and we have a really fun conversation. So before we jump in, I'm just going to file this one under the elemental. So the elemental, of course, is our culture's principal values that we uh, live by, right? That we find resonate with us. And so we make them a large part of our lives or we try to. And I think that Stephanie's focus on on beauty and like the beautification of our bodies, ourselves, and by extension of the world um, does come from her experiences and her heritage. Just a little housekeeping, please, if you haven't already, leave a review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. You can also uh, speak with me, hang with me on Instagram. I'm at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto. And I'm just going to actually read a quick iTunes review here. Really appreciate this review as I appreciate all of them. This one's from Samantha Lapointe and she writes, amazing. I absolutely love what Dolores is doing with Bella Figura. The inclusivity, perspective, and passion that are built within the first couple of episodes spoke volumes to me and I'm sure we'll do the same for her listeners to come. I'm so excited to hear future guests and topics to be covered. I've already shared this with my family and friends. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Samantha. That means a lot to me, and um, every review helps to get the show out to more people and helps me to continue to get terrific guests. Okay, with all that said, let's jump into my conversation with Stephanie. And just a reminder, as I said in the beginning, this was recorded over the summer. So uh, we do talk about quarantine and lockdown, um, which we are still dealing with now, but uh, this was just a different phase of what has been a very, very long journey for all of us. I'll catch you on the other side. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on Bella Figura. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so like honored and excited to connect with you. Oh, same here. So I was uh, telling you before we hit record that, you know, just getting ready to talk to you and doing research it just realized how actually we're kind of really coming from the same place, uh, doing the work differently, but we are kind of aesthetic and our approach is really similar. So I'm, I'm super excited to dive in with you and just 
hear more about how you got to where you are and and um, about what, what you do. So thank you. Absolutely. I like to start by asking people just to tell me about their heritage and the people that they come from. So if we can start there. Absolutely. So I'm from Long Island, New York, oh. and my family is from, my mom's from Costa Rica, and my father is from Ecuador, which is in South America. Oh, wow. Yeah, and heritage. what I love about my heritage is that it really is two worlds coming together. And for mm. so long, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you, I had no idea about the power of where I was from until I decided to travel and get lost in these cities that I consider like my homeland. And it was an unstoppable force once I realized where I came from. And now it's like the driving force in everything that I do. So my heritage is 100% Athena, but I definitely always say that I'm inspired by the world because I'm obsessed with like all beauty. Yeah, and I love I love how your you know your start you're starting from your heritage, but branching out into learning about so many others, which is really like my very similar journey I had. I, the first podcast I started was the Italian American podcast, and of course that's my my heritage, my ancestral heritage. But but in doing that, I realized no, I really want to learn about other people who feel so passionately about their heritage the way I do, and kind of hope fully inspire people who maybe have like been disconnected from their heritage to like realize that they have this source of power right you know in their own backyard right inside of them so this is this is great did you grow up really connected to your heritage or is this something you came back around to as you you know grew up it's interesting because i always say that i I grew up in a community where actually it was mostly Italian. So it's hysterical. Oh, really? I, when, I, when I went to Italy for the first time, I took my mother. We went backpacking for a month through Italy. And I wow. literally cried because for me, and I can cry right now about it, for me, the Italians really took me and my family in, in a way. Mm. I know how to make better eggplant parmesan <laughs> than I do know how to make rice and beans. It's crazy because wow. I grew up with Italians and they just took me in as their Latina daughter. You know, they yeah. told me Spanish daughter. Um, but for me, it was a very interesting journey because I didn't grow up having to live up to stereotypes or I just knew that I had a little bit of more of a hue on my skin. I knew that I had a little bit more swag for some reason and I could hang out with all people. And it wasn't until I came to New York City to start my career where I realized that there was a role that I had to play as a Latina. Mm, and oh, that's wow. kind of the question what it actually meant to be of Latin heritage, what it meant to be Hispanic, and what it meant to be a woman of Central America and South America. So I think for me, it wasn't until a later age where I started questioning who I was, what it meant, and what it looked like. And that's the beginning of everything for me. Mm, and But you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, both your parents, you said, came, are immigrants. Yes. Both of my families are, and they met in Queens, New York. A very common love story on the dance floor. Love very it. Love what? Story, yeah. <laughs> I it, love that. Two very distinct, different cultures. You know, um, yes. Costa Rica is in Central America. It's biodiverse. It's sustainable. Ecuador is a paradise where the Galapagos is. So there's a lot of history and wisdom. And so, I feel that I love these two places coming yeah. together to create me in a way. Absolutely. It's really who I am. And I just didn't know that it was such, I didn't know that it was connected to that route until mm. I went back. Okay. But, but growing up, you were encouraged to embrace your heritage or was your family very kind of trying to be Americanized? So you didn't really 
you know, get into it. It's interesting you say that just because I never felt like we were told what to do or what not to do. I did feel like there were differences. You know, there were different fears that would be associated with who I was and what my family looked like versus maybe my friends that I was Mm. growing up with. You know, we had different, I would say, fears going out into the world. But, you know, one thing that my family always did, and this is very important, I think even in Italian-American conversation, it's we come from warriors. You know, we come from like being part of an immigrant family. You come from this energy that's like unstoppable. They came with nothing, not knowing the language, not having opportunities, not knowing anyone. And they made something out of nothing. And so my mom always instilled that in me. And it wasn't because I was a Latin girl, because I was a woman. I think it was just mostly because that's who she was. That's who you needed to be. And so I never felt like an outcast, but I also was very clear that the older I got, there were differences that I could see happening in my communities with me being Hispanic. But I think that because I grew up with Italian Americans, it was like I was one with them. You know, I never felt that from them. I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) I knew what it was like, you know? And so, yeah, this took me in. Yeah, well, you you know, you you put knowing what it's like to be in an immigrant community together with being, you know, a kind of, I'm generalizing, but it's kind of true, you know, this hospitable, warm community. Everyone's welcomed at the table. Everybody's welcomed in your home, you know, so... So that's a nice story and that makes me happy. And a lot of Italians uh, in Long Island, for sure. So it's kind of kind of hard to avoid us. So you you wear uh, many hats. I, I was joking with you before we started recording that, like trying to figure out what your your main business is is a little hard <laughs> when you're you're like looking you up online. So before we dive in really to like a, a conversation about the work you do, can you just break down for me and the listeners? what those different companies are that you're, you're associated with or have founded? I wear many hats, but my career and what I've been doing for the last 14 years is being a celebrity makeup artist. Okay. I work in beauty, glamorizing things that you see on TV and commercials and print ads and working on celebrities on the red carpet, etc. That's what I've done for 14 years and I still love it as much as when I started. Now, over the years, I kind of got into an evolution of that story. You know, I went from doing makeup full time to then deciding to become a travel writer and write about these destinations that I was going on, experiencing beauty at the source. So that's how that kind of unfolded. And then from that came me holding retreats and taking women around the world to these destinations that I was going to because I kept getting emails and I kept getting people saying, wow, like we want to go where you're going. Like you're saying that you're discovering mm. at the stores. How do we go with you? And said, okay, well, I guess we're going to create a, a tour company. So let's do this. And then out of that, of course, with the times that we're living in this generation, it's kind of like you're doing a little bit of everything. You're doing these tours, which is what my main company is. And it's called Around the World Beauty. And we're also content creating. We're creating you know, content for the brands that we're working with as a makeup artist. But I'm also creating content for the hotels that I'm visiting as well, writing for awesome. the magazine that I'm doing. Yep. So in a way, it sounds like, oh my God, like what an amazing life, right? But it's, it's definitely a lot of work. Of but course. in a way, I've managed to make, I really have allowed myself to evolve in the flow to see what brings me joy during this time. So I would say those are like my main, like my main things that I focus on every day. And that even during this time is also elevating in a space of just being more clear on what the message is. Because I think after you do something for so long, there's no way of staying still when you know what's out there. And so it's just elevating and Mm. growing. 
Mm. So that's what I would say. That Those are like my main jobs. I think so. I don't know if I missed one. I'm like trying to think. <laughs> well, I, I totally resonate with that. And, you know, the, the people who've been listening to me um, and following me since my first podcast will, will get that. I, I love, I loved and continue to love the Italian American podcast. I still jump on as a co-host, but I, I felt like there was a point where I needed to grow. I just, I needed to take the conversations that I had been having to like a new level. And you keep, I don't know if everyone's like this, but I know that I've always been like this, which is just, I can't stay still. There's always like a next thing, next thing, next thing. It's crazy. Cause I, I can totally, I think we're going to be friends after this because yes. that's the one thing I've talked about I'm just like, can I physically stand still? And it doesn't come from a place of needing to have a purpose in life or having to define my truth or my why. It just, I feel my best. I feel at my highest inspiration when I'm creating source and when I'm creating these crazy ideas that happen to come into my head, into execution. And whatever that looks like for the rest of my life, I'm I'm just going to enjoy the journey and go with the flow, you know? I do. And it's kind of amazing when you have an idea and you can pull it together into like real life. And what I see in you is something that I definitely aim to do for myself, which is you have like a whole universe that is an expression of your aesthetic. Exactly. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. And to live that way, I mean, I know you work hard. I can just, I can just tell. I mean, you can just tell it's a hustle and you're in it. I do think the children of immigrants tend to have a, certain extra hustle that right that comes from growing up that way and you're just you're just kind of like moving and shaking all the time but it's it's really beautiful to pull all the things that inspire you into your life and live it like live it every day yeah i mean you can look around in my room as like yeah exactly Uh uh-huh it's the most to me it's like this is it's what brings me happiness and you know i think we live in a city where especially during this time, you're questioning, like, should I have more money in the bank? Should I have property right now? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it's, you know, any moment's a good time to completely reset and just restructure or repivot the famous word during COVID, but just rethink about everything and what we're doing. So, and at least you're happy. We're happy. That's all that freaking matters, you know? It's true. It's true. I mean, and then you're really like, for some people, I think it's just in you. And if you don't get it out, it, you start to feel you don't feel well. I mean, I have definitely had periods of my life where I just, maybe I wasn't getting where I wanted to get fast enough or things just weren't coming together. And I was like, okay, well then screw it. You know, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not write anymore or I'm just gonna not create anymore. And I, I've literally like after so many months or time, maybe even a year, I would like get just like mentally sick. Like I just, it's not, it doesn't suit me. I don't feel right. Yeah. No. So, okay. That, that took a turn, but I think it's good. And I'm sure somebody, <laughs> I'm sure somebody listening will resonate with that and it'll help them. But how did you get into being a makeup artist? I mean, how did that kind of become about as something that, you know, inspired you to uh, make a career out of it? I went to, when I was in high school, I decided that I would go to hair school thinking that I would learn how to do makeup because what really triggered me like many young girls, was the idea that you could use makeup to transform and to, and to change who you were in a way. And I love the idea that you could take a man and turn, and turn him into a woman. I love the idea that you could take a normal girl and make her into a supermodel. And mm. so I was, and I, you know, I used to listen to the story about Marilyn Monroe. 
and a story about how she was just a regular girl, just like any of us. But with the power of makeup, hair, Hollywood, they created this iconic star. And I just like, you know, I was like one of those regular girls, like in the basement of your friend's house, just like watching music videos. It's like, I come from like the music video era and I would just be obsessed with how the makeup would translate on Mm. camera. And I was like, I want to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I want to do that. And so um, when I turned 18, I went to work at Estee Lauder, like behind a counter. I got like the day I turned 18, I went and applied and I got the job that day because I was like, I really want to work. I'm finally old enough to do this. And then I always talk about like, I read this book uh, from my mentor who then inspired me to go to LA and just go for it. And that's exactly what I did. So I just moved to LA, took all my little savings and was like, I'm just going to be a makeup artist. And I used to work at Universal Studios and I would drop my business card in the back lot of Universal Studios thinking that one day someone would pick it up and hire me as a makeup artist on like Desperate Housewives. So that's what yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's those innocent moments that I look back on that I just like, I appreciate. I never want to forget because sometimes, especially in this career, you always think about like how successful you become or how successful you're not. And it's just like, there is no linear way of having this career feel like you made it, you know? So I just love it. And so that's kind of how my journey started. I just love the idea of transformation and I love connecting with women on that deeper level. And so it's my way of expressing what I believe in, you know? I do. And I, I mean, the thing about that kind of idea of success, I do think we do have in our head this idea that one day you're just going to kind of like land, like, like a gymnast, like, okay. <laughs> and, and then you've made it, but it's not, life's not really like that. And it's a series of, you know, circles and backwards and forwards. And one of my favorite things to do, because I have that kind of same mentality is like every now and then I'll, I'll stop and I'll be like, okay, this time last year. And I'll just think about what my life was like, you know, the same time last year. And I think it's a really important practice to do because when you do that, you realize, wow, I've really accomplished a lot. And I've done a lot that I said I wanted to do, you know, and, and I, I am making things happen along the way. And I think something so powerful is like, I, I always go back to the, to the beginning stages and I'm sure you do too. And you're like, I remember when this was just an idea. Yep. And then how far you've come. And so I try to be as sensitive and gentle with myself where I am today. Because now these goals that I have are a lot different than what they were back then. You know, these are heavier goals. They're goals that are impacting so many people out of the world and can impact a lot of people. And can also uh, up-level like where I'm in my life. So it's these goals just get bigger. But at the same time, I try to be gentle to remember what it was like when you had no idea that what you wanted would actually come true with it. Absolutely. I really get that. And that's really special. I mean, with this show, when I finally did launch it, I remember saying to my husband, do you remember that this was an idea I had when we were living in DC? Like this was years ago. I mean, it was at least three, four years ago. And he was like, I do. And I mean, that's how long it took me to kind of just get there, go through things, pull it all together. And now here I am and I get to sit and have all these wonderful conversations with amazing people it's happening, you know, but it takes, sometimes it takes time and it's so good to be, I've learned the hard way to be gentle with myself. I love, I love that reminder. So the thing about makeup artists I think is so interesting is to me, it seems like a relatively new phenomena. Like when I was younger, makeup artists were maybe in Hollywood mostly, but now it's just, I know a lot of people 
who do makeup. My cousin, Amanda is a makeup artist and you know, it's, it's way more popular. And I love that because to me, I think makeup absolutely is a way to beautify our lives. And it, it kind of has had a bad rap, you know, like, Oh, makeup. Why are you hiding? Why are you covering your face? You don't need makeup, etc. But I, I think when you can look at it as a way to make yourself feel more beautiful and bring out like the aspects of yourself that you, you know, you're really proud of, like highlight those. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Kind of how like that whole industry has gotten so much more bigger, uh, has gotten bigger and more powerful? Yeah. So it used, as a makeup artist who works in this industry, this is a big discussion that we always have. It, it oh. used that makeup artists were kind of like had all the secrets under lock and key right like mm. we were not telling nobody like That's these a are good secrets way to say it. celebrities these are secrets that we use um when people are going to go on tv and no one was aware of them so it was we were creating an unrealistic beauty for people looking from the outside in and so what ended up happening in the beauty industry was that here comes these individuals who are one claiming their beauty who are redefining what beauty means to them and making their own terms then they're sharing their tricks with the world and what we started seeing was that beauty was no longer in a box it was no longer like we had the secrets and you couldn't have them that's kind of what youtube and instagram has done it's kind of connected everyone to feel like they can understand and learn just like everyone else you know you don't have to pay your dues and work under a celebrity makeup artist for 20 years until your moment comes. You can actually listen to someone who's incredibly talented that you love and learn the same tricks, if not better, by, you know, tuning in. And I think that's what, like, this whole internet movement started. It just took away all of that secret, that secret society kind of conversation with beauty. Mm. In regards to where it is today, I think it definitely took a huge turn for the the net, I, like, I love what I what I'm seeing now in beauty. I'm seeing women embracing their beauty, especially as a makeup artist. I always say I work with some of the most beautiful women in the world, the most powerful women in the world, and it's really hard when you do someone's makeup and they still look on the camera, they don't feel beautiful. And so mm. that was the beginning for me to understand that beauty is not what's on the surface. There's something a lot more deeper in that conversation. And so what I've seen, the flow of the beauty industry has been, it went from, now you guys have all the secrets. Now create, you know, create world, create your beauty looks. But what then what I started seeing is how unhealthy it was to now create wanting to look like a cookie cutter image of what everyone else looks like. Right. Now we're getting into the conversation of that does not work. We are not, because now there's a whole different level of secrets. You know, there's plastic surgery involved. There's like fillers and all these things that we see celebrities doing. And that wasn't a thing. I mean, during COVID-19, I've been watching Mariah Carey videos nonstop from the 1990s. And she was a natural beauty. It was like there were no lashes on her. It was like bronze, beautiful skin. And so now we're getting back to that whole 90s idea of you being beautiful Yes, with the support of some makeup by enhancing your beauty, but not covering who you are. And I think for the last maybe like 10 years, we, we, we saw a lot of covering. A lot mm. of like, I want to look like this. Mm. And that's not going to work anymore, I think, especially with us. Just Interesting. Just consciousness, you know? Oh, yeah, no. So I just asked that question like, like innocently off the top of my head, but you had like a real, <laughs> no, that was like a real historical, like based in facts response. That was great. So, and, and I, I know we're not like trying to like hate on people or call anybody out, but just as an example, I mean, the vibe I'm getting is kind of like a switch from the Kardashian makeup 
mentality to something a little bit more unique to each person. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it hurts. It hurts as a woman. It hurts. Even me as someone who works in the industry, it hurts to not know the truth behind someone's beauty because it makes us feel like it's unrealistic to who we are. And we Mm. get thoughts that like, why don't we look like that? Why is it that I can wear the same foundation, the same mascara, the same lash, and I still don't feel as beautiful as she looks? But we're for, and these are our young girls, you know, these are our children. And even myself, I can get caught up on social media real quick. That's why I think travel, even with the company, that's like where we decide to step in and be like, beauty is not what you're going to put on. Beauty is having messy hair, waking up and just throwing a few things on for you to feel good about maybe like uplifting your, your makeup look for a second. But there's a lot more deeper conversation that's going to lead to like what true beauty is. So. Because there really is, like, the Kardashians, as an example, they have a lot of makeup on when you see yeah. them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, contouring, like, I'm a, I am I love, I, I mean, I don't have, like, any makeup like that on, like, the contouring right now. I just have a very, like, my five-minute summer look going right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very minimal. But um, the contouring, that's, like, a big secret that kind of was, like, a release to the public at some point. And the Kardashians are a big, I don't know, users of that, but really you know, the idea of like shaping your face. But when you see them on camera, it's there's a lot of work being done there to get to get that look. Yeah, and we see it even within the Italian community and the Hispanic community. I feel like these are two communities that definitely have taken these two, like this movement of beauty. And I mean, I think that what I love about Italian Americans and what I love about being Latina is that yeah, we we take pride in looking good. We take mm. pride in and exactly. feeling fast and showing off like all everything the curves to the pocketbook all we we, we like it you know yep. what I mean? and so and that's okay but the one thing is it's also okay to one day not do it and mm. feel just as beautiful when you're not in that character you know life is a, life is a play like dress up do what you need to do but feel empowered even without it and uh, and that's what I pride our communities to to aim for because being beautiful and pretty on the outside is not enough. You know, at least I think so. That's like my whole, my whole yes. philosophy. Yes, no, of course. <laughs> well, kind of like what you said, that you can have these most like powerful, beautiful women in the world have their makeup on and then they still don't feel beautiful. That's, that's something definitely way deeper than makeup. But when you have the confidence and you know how to do your makeup or you have somebody that, you know, knows how to do it and they bring that out of you, I mean, that, that's also a very empowering moment. Just to like dress you up. Do you, I didn't know I was going to ask this question, but this happens. Do you have like a, are you against plastic surgery or like, what do you talk about when you travel the world in terms of that? What do you see? Yeah. Let's go there for a minute. (laughs) It's easy to say because I'm 33 years old that I don't do anything to myself. You know, I don't know what the future holds in regards to if, if I'm against it or for it. Just because I think that you should do whatever it is that you want to do to feel your best in this life. If that's plastic surgery, do you, boo. But for me, I hope that it is a mixture of a little bit of things here and there. Because there are some surgeries that do make a big difference, you know, and I see it with my clients. But I hope that I have more depth to myself than just what's on the outside. And I, again, like I, I don't think I would say no to certain things. But I'm also open to seeing what the future holds and if I'll be able to embrace who I become. 
it's mm-hmm. easy for me to say no now because I'm young and, and like, you know, wrinkle free in a way. Yeah, that's wise of you. That's wise of you to know that, that like things can change and as time goes on. And yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like that if the little injections or nips and tucks give a woman a little boost, who am I to judge? Exactly. And I think that the thing is that like, we're, you know, when you're, yeah, I always talk to my friends and my mom about this. It's like, we're at our peak. You know, we are at the, you know, you ever look at a picture from 20 years ago and you're like, oh my God, I was so cute. But in that moment, you did not feel cute ever. Right. right. And so I'm always going back to that thought of like, this moment is the best moment that you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to try to own it because at the end of the day, like, you know, we will mature, we will get more wrinkles, we'll have discoloration and that's part of life. So let me just enjoy this moment in the best way that I can with my natural beauty. Cause I mean, it's only going to get better. At least I think so, you know, cause it only has been getting better. <laughs> no. And I agree. I think also, you know, with like Botox and things like that, I hear people who are like 25 getting Botox and I'm like, I don't know why you're doing that, but Again, not for me to judge, but I do think there's a, an industry push to kind of tell people that it's preventative. Yeah. And so, you know, get it now. But I mean, 25 is like, is like crazy preventative. I mean, you know, you want to start preventing at 35, whatever. Again, none of my business what you do, but I, I do think that's something to be mindful of that the more you call it preventative, the more Botox you sell. And, and take it from me, your, your skin... We'll never, we'll, we'll, uh, I don't want to say we'll never look as good, but like, trust me, your skin looks good at 25. Yeah. <laughs> That's all exactly. I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and even going back to like what you were doing with the, with the Italian American podcast, it's like, it has, you, what we're doing is like putting band-aids on, you know, you're putting mm. band-aids on like this other stuff that's going on within of you not knowing who you are. You know what right. I mean? It's a, it, And so I think what you're doing is so great. And even with my company, it's like, we're bringing this awareness forward. So your beauty is more than just what people are seeing. There's a, and you glow differently when you have, that's why travel is always to me, my one secret to beauty, traveling to where you're from, traveling to different places, seeing one another. To me, it's the number one beauty secret of life because it's going to give you this inner glow that no one can take away from you because it's this confident in knowing the story of the world and what your purpose is here. But also it's like full of great memories. And like that alone is like better than I'm sure like getting a little nip and tuck because you're trying to put a bandaid on something that's deeper. So you're saying it's lighting you up from the inside. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about where, how you got involved in travel and like, where did your love for, for travel come from? It sounds to me like you've been everywhere. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been to like 35 countries now. Wow. That's a it. lot of countries. Yeah. What about you? How many countries? Not that many. <laughs> I'm like embarrassed to say. I've actually only been to, I feel like I'm going to forget one that I've I actually been to. So like one, two, maybe three or four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not many, but I have been to Italy many times. I feel like, like when I do do international travel, it tends to be just to Italy. I mean, that may, that's actually something I hear a lot from just everyone is when you're from, you're from Italy, you're just going back and forth. Like, it's just a place that you do. I'm not even Italian. I'm just like, when can I go back to Italy? You know, I'm, <laughs> so it's like, I just want to keep going back. But, but yeah, it's been a good amount of numbers. I, I have truly enjoyed these journeys. They've been learning experiences and each one has kind of showed me a different thing. And I really just became addicted. I think after my first few trips, 
it was like, oh my God, like I can do this. Like I can actually travel and like experience the world. Like mm. that's dope. Yeah. And how did you start tying beauty into this or was it just always there because that's who you are? Yeah, no, for me, it was a conversation. So I went to school for advertising and marketing. And one thing that I learned in school was that number one, yes, you'd be an asset in life, but you have to look at like recreating the, like the story that you want. Like marketing is all storytelling, right? It's like, it's all about the story. And so I said, well, I was doing great in my career as a makeup artist, but I just didn't feel like it was giving me like a lot of inspiration. I felt like I was lacking in something that was bigger. And so I said, well, why don't I like, you know, create a story around global travel and being a beauty expert. And I was obsessed with like documentaries at the time. And I said, why don't I do a documentary that's about beauty and travel? Because I know beauty is global. And so I went up to my first destination, which was India. And what happened there was I just basically spent two weeks there completely broke out of my conditions of the Western world. And I was just like, oh my God, like is, if this is what the world is like, like I want to get out and explore beyond just trying to do it as like a story that I wanted to tell for who I you know, was as an artist. But then I also looked at it like, well, if, if I want to learn about the world, I have to start with who I am. And so I decided mm-hmm. to go to Central and South America backpacking. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of how everything unfolded. And when you do South America, you do like eight countries at once. So, you know, that's where a lot of the numbers started kind of going up. But <laughs> I then started, you know, sh- what I was looking for. But the thing is, beauty, the word beauty, when you first hear it, you're like makeup, hair, styling, glamorizing. But what I started kind of learning from my trip to India was that beauty was so much more deeper than that. It was spirituality. It was food. It was connection. It was stars. It was moon. It was Pachamama. And it was community. And I just started like unbreaking all these thoughts of what I thought beauty was and who I thought I was. And then I was like, this is like my biggest teacher. Forget getting a master's degree or a PhD in human studies, like me being out in the world is a true teacher for enlightenment and also connection. So that's how kind of my journey kind of flew. And where did I get the money from? That's always like the question that people ask. So I, I'm a crazy saver, by the way, like I do not sleep on anything. Like I live not above my means. I live very simply and I literally just saved my money. And I was working with a really big celebrity at the time. I can't say who she was. And we were living together for like two to three months, which meant that I didn't have a lot of expenses because I was living in her home doing her makeup. And so I saved all that money and I decided to travel. So I always like to say that because people are like, does she come from money? Does she do it? And and it's not the case. It's I'm just a massive saver. And then the other most powerful thing is I'm, I'm a crazy dreamer. And I learned like at 16, at 17, that like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Mm. And you just have to stick to it. And then yeah, and I think with travel, like that's probably a thing that people say to kind of like people who want to travel. Maybe they feel like they don't have the money or they don't have the time. But you know, if you want to do it, I'm sure there's a way. Exactly. With everything. So just as a quick aside, is that what celebrities do? They they have like <laughs> they have makeup artists move in with them for like months. Some of them. Some of them. Yes. I wouldn't say it's like. A thing that everyone does but this particular client she was going away on like Christmas vacation and so we you know I was gonna fly in with her and stay with her for this time and then you do it every morning every morning or whenever 
they're going to go out to like, you know, go to the store when they're going to go to an event. Wow. That's yeah. a lot it's of work. Really interesting way of, of learning about the other side in life, you know, yes, you for sure. life and you're like, Hey, this is great. But then you <laughs> live in that other life and you're like, wow, like there's a whole other world out there right. of, of money and power. And Oh it yeah. Just, it just builds perspective. Oh yeah. And it's a good reminder to like the rest of us who are looking on Instagram or even flipping through like a people magazine and you're like, so-and-so looks so great. And she's just going to, the, you know, Starbucks to get a coffee. But like what you don't know is she has a makeup artist living in her house who did her makeup before <laughs> she left to go get her, her latte. Yeah, so, you know, so it's like they, you know, their life is in front of the camera. So it's just sure. part of their norm. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And you can't blame them. I mean, that's how they make, their livelihood. It's how they make their names. So, you know, everything um, depends on them always looking that way, but exactly. our lives, not necessarily. So yeah. cut yourself a little bit of slack kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> but so you use the term discovering your beauty roots, which is like when I read that, read that, I was just kind of like, ah. <laughs> I want to like, this is the person I want to talk to. So Tell me a little bit about A, like what you mean by beauty roots and B, how our listeners can, whatever their um, ethnicity, tap into theirs. Yeah. Oh, I have chills just thinking about the <laughs> justice just because mm-hmm. I, so when I say discover your beauty roots, the first thing in anything that we need to do or who we are is to understand that there has that we have been lied to mm. for so long. And I didn't know that, like many of us. You know, we live in this life where we just assume that we know based on what we were taught. And what happens is, when I say discover your beauty roots, is for you to re- rediscover what your roots are. Because you've been told what it is to be an Italian-American. I've been told what it's to be a Latina. But there's something about rediscovering your own truth of your connection to your roots that just basically breaks you out of this box of limitations and also this box of who you think you are in this world. And when I, again, when I did discover your beauty roots, it's about going on that journey to find that truth for yourself. No one can tell you what it is to be an Italian American. No one's going to tell me what it is to be a Latina until I can actually go back to your homeland, your family, and really be immersed in this space and understand like, what is the truth that you have not been told? What is like the awareness element of this journey for you? And then through that becomes transformation. Because now that you know that you did not know, mm-hmm. then transform into a whole different perspective with different lenses on how you see everything and how you see yourself as being beautiful and how you see others. So that's what I mean by like discovering your beauty. And is it actually literal traditions, like literal beauty traditions that you're talking about? You know, like henna in India, or is it, like just as an example, or is it more, is it way deeper than that? It's, it's a little bit of that, but I, 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 th- I share it in a way more deeper than that because it's in the henna in India, but it's in how the river flows. You know, it's, it's an understanding that the Ganga flows according to its own design and that you, you use the water to cleanse yourself. So henna is part of it because it's a way to adorn and highlight your culture, but it's using the natural world and the nature and, and your culture to see what those things and how they reflect onto your life. So I like to think it's, 
it's in a deeper form. But it, and that's why it's like I love to add sparkle to it. I love to add ritual to it. I love to add you know face masks to it, and you know and journeys in the hot springs. But the whole idea always for me is to like get to the root source, get to the source of everything. So for example, the way I kind of interpret what you're saying is in my Southern Italian culture, olive oil, for instance, as it's just an easy omega-3s, all this like beautiful enriching for your skin, for your health, but also the, um, actually the name of this show, you know, Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully. There is a There is a mindset in Italy of bella figura, right? And that's the idea that you add beauty to everything you do in your life. So it could be like the physical, like me eating olive oil, using olive oil even as like a beauty product, but also this spirit, this spirit, right? Of as a Southern Italian connecting to my beauty roots is also remembering, even as I live in New York, in America, in a crazy fast paced, you know, modern world that likes to throw things away and not take the time to invest in beauty that for me to connect to my roots, it's slowing down to, to add that beauty to everything that I do. Exactly. Exactly. I got it. (laughs) And it's like, you know, for me, it's adding color to everything. You know why? Because I knew that I always loved color, but when I understood that it was part of my cultural root and my beauty root, it was like, Oh, I want it everywhere. And yeah. like you lean into it because again, it's like you're unmasking all of these things that we've been told and finding your own truth of what that means for you. You know, I do. For me, the biggest thing is the idea of um, dolce far niente because in New York, in America, as you know very well, that's not it's it's not like the sweet life. You know, to, to doing doing nothing, kind of relaxing, is not a default mode. In our, in our society, it's really like keep going, keep going until you collapse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've always had a streak that was just kind of like, I'm just going to sit in the sun for a little and read this book of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know where that, I never really knew where that came from because also you have this dichotomy of being the child of immigrants, which is kind of a whole different story because it's more like go, go, go. But I think my parents... I know my parents did a very good job of it. It was like work hard, play hard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to remember that all the time that like, it's okay to slow down and just like enjoy life, just yeah. relax. And yeah. the, the way me and my husband, uh, who's also Southern Italian, he's, he's Sicilian, we, we just remind ourselves like we work our asses off. Yeah. And so when it's time to relax, like we are going to go like full tilt and like, beauty is going to be part of it and we're just going to like really immerse ourselves in it and i like just to connect that to to my culture and that idea of dolce far niente keeps me like rooted and it's so beautifully so like i remember in italy i really like piano 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 like slow down slow down that's right that's stuck with me because i was like yeah just take it slow man Mm -hmm. and it's easier said than done because i definitely think being american and being part of immigrants exactly what you said it's like there's this need to go 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 yep and, 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 you know, I am definitely guilty of going and going and going, Same. but it definitely is having that balance. And so that's why I think that like even traveling back to Italy and going back to Costa Rica, where I'm from, it's like, I can be in that space of like stepping into like what we know the truth is, which is piano, piano, minus pura vida, which means pure life. Oh, I like that. Uh, and so it's like, and I do try to carry that like 
just your art embodiment of pure life and your dolce vita, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. It's just a great reminder. So when you did travel back to your ancestral homelands, I mean, are, did you take back with you literal, like, uh, beauty routines that you still incorporate into your life? Yeah, it was funny because I feel like I grew up with a lot of them and I just oh, right. avoided them in a way. I just was like, I go like, I want my parents' culture perfume. I'm, I'm going to ignore the cacao that I smell in my home, you know? <laughs> and so going back, I was like, oh, wait, like there's a lot of things that we use in my in my normal home. And so I do feel like I, I use some of the stuff that I kind of learned, but the one thing that I've taken with me from my culture that changed me as a human was the idea of Pachamama, which is in South America, the term for Mother, uh, mother Earth. And it was interesting because it was like, there I am in Peru in the sacred mountains, in the sacred valley. And I'm here to learn about the beauty rituals and the traditions, but there's a much deeper level in what they're working in. They're trying to connect to our ancestral spirits. Hmm. They're trying to connect with this idea that like water is a way to transform the mind, body, and soul using mm. herbs to kind of cleanse the mind as well. And so that was my introductory mm. to like what beauty actually meant, you know, and that's where I sometimes get really like upset because I'm like, God, I just wish I could have just found certain beauty products and called it a day. It's like, I had no idea I was unmasking or right. finding these kind of things. And India was the same thing. It was like, do I use anything that I learned from India, even though I'm not Indian? Absolutely, right. but it has to do more with the process of how they live their life, you know. And beauty is a part of that color, bindis, kumkum, and I do incorporate that, but I understand the spiritual element of it. And that's the like the little tie globally that I see. It's mm. just like there's this deeper like thread that connects all of us. And mm. you know, and I think that me using beauty as the term allowed me to like really understand what beauty actually meant. That's, that's wonderful. I mean, do you find that throughout the world, different cultures, or even just personally for you, that there is a way to use beauty as a connection to your ancestors? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I mean, I can only speak on my, on my Latin community and on, on my Latin heritage. Beauty is a, is a way of self-expression and it's a, it's a, it's a way of adorning and having defining who we are, whether it's like our tribes or whether it's the places of where we are, and then using the natural world around us to be that adornment element. So I definitely think that um, that there is, that beauty is that conversation a lot of these places. Yeah, I know. For me, I find gold to be a strong connection to my Southern Italian heritage. I mean, gold is just even when, like I have, obviously my ancestors were very poor, right? So uh, as a story, and just to highlight like that gold, even when people had no money, like women, it was still something that was a big part of the culture and like sought after. My mother has this beautiful necklace that she does let me wear from my nonna who actually died before I was born and who I'm named after her namesake. And um, it's uh, the, oh God, I'm forgetting it right now. Vendetta, I think I'm saying it correctly. So the blind, she's covered. Her eyes are covered. And it's a big medallion. They just don't make things like this anymore. You know, it's every time I wear it, I get tons of compliments. And my grandmother sent that to my mother when my mother was in America. And how my grandmother pulled together money to buy this piece, like both me and my mother were like, we have no idea, but I, I know she was missing her. And the, the symbol of that figure is to give like, like well wishes and protection. 
So there's all this like beautiful messaging in this beautiful piece of gold jewelry that my grandmother somehow sent to my mother. And I just find it like such a powerful connection, obviously, every time I wear it, but just, you know, growing up, all the women that I grew up around, they weren't, we weren't wealthy by any means, but man, they all had gold rings on their fingers, big gold hoops, you know, gold crosses, La Madonna in gold, and even gold as just like an energetic metal. It's kind of protection, yeah. water of evil. I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> except to say that I love gold. Yes. <laughs> I think I was talking about a connection to ancestors, but anyhow, let's talk a little bit about um, your actual tours because you do, yeah. I'm sure they're on hold. Did you have some planned for this year? Yeah, we had Morocco and we had Japan okay. planned for 2020. Japan? So were, yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. So yeah, those were on there um japan has been canceled and then morocco was in 2021 and we're launching costa rica in 2021 as well so wow okay so tell me it all comes back to normal of course yeah tell me like if i am on a tour with you like what is that experience going to be like for me so each destination is inspired by a certain beauty trend, right? So if you're oh, coming really? to Costa Rica, we're learning about sustainability. If you're coming to Morocco, we're deep diving into ingredients and color. If we're going to India, it's spirituality and Arjaveda. So each of our tours is what I like to say, like a deeper dive into the beauty culture. And what we're doing is doing anything that you would do on a regular tour. We go to the tourist sites, we learn, we go to the markets, we meet locals. But the context of the tour is very much about what beauty means in this destination and in this culture. And then the trend is really kind of like the educational piece and that tool that we use to connect like every experience. So for example, if we're in Costa Rica, we're staying at a destination that is focused on sustainability. We're bringing local indie brand founders that are going to share the ritual behind their products because they're locally made and what, you know, how to make it from scratch while we're talking about sustainability, but also seeing just the life in general and how it is part of the ecosystem. So in Morocco, we go exploring the markets as you would with any tour, but we're beauty exploring. We're searching for ingredients and those colors that we know that as beauty lovers, we're going to find like satisfying. Everything is always meant to like deep dive a little bit deeper. My goal with any tour is for you to walk away forever change on how you see beauty in one another and in yourself. So yeah, that's kind of like what our tours are about. We offer two tours that happen year round in Marrakesh and New York City where you come and explore, beauty explore those two cities in like four hours if you're visiting. So that's we have nice. like our big tour and we have our little tours. And what's your New York City tour like? Where do you, what are some of the places you go there? Just curious. So New York, <laughs> our New York tour is really interesting because New America is what I consider the new the new age of clean beauty and yes. this whole scene movement, right? But then especially in Soho, which is where our tour takes place, it's immersed with different cultures. We have Little Italy there. We have all these Korean shops that I've opened, Chinatown. So for me, we always start with a trend, right? And the trend is clean beauty. Clean beauty, CBD beauty. So we take it to all these individual indie shops that have all these new products that yes. are you know, sharing these messages of clean beauty. But then I kind of take you on a turn. Okay, this is American beauty, right? This is what people are assuming we're experts in, is this whole like natural beauty, new age trend. But there's something so much cooler in New York City. 
right? And then we're taking you to a Brazilian owned beauty shop. Then we're taking you to like an Indian cafe that's down the block. We're getting, you know, we're making a right turn and heading to a Korean beauty shop to learn about face masks. So in the three to four hours, you're literally going around the world in Soho, not just seeing beauty physically in the products, but also in these little stores that are honoring who they are. And I personally, I love it. You know, I think yeah, it sounds great. Any beauty lover would love it because you literally get to see how New York City is such a melting pot. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and everyone's really excited to like maybe not get the – every store is waiting for customers to walk in. But when you bring in customers that are like super excited to learn about what they're doing that's different, I think it's, it's a different approach. Do you find that some cultures are more focused on beauty or – is it just across the board? Like for me, for instance, off the top of my head, I think of like Korean culture and Japanese culture as like, if you asked me, like if I was on a game show and you're like, name two cultures <laughs> who have strong beauty traditions, I'd be like, you know, Korea and, uh, and Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that they, and it's interesting because they focus on different things that me and maybe me and you would, you know, skincare is such a priority in their culture. Yeah. And, you know, they, they live by a term of, of unseen beauty, beauty that isn't so loud in your face, but beauty mm. that's gentle and soft, which is, I think, very opposite than our beauty because we're right. like, show it off, show off right. that gold. Right? <laughs> so it's because it's like, they really did a good job of like conveying that they're, they're about this beauty life. And I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love to integrate so many parts of the, the Korean beauty culture, especially, I mean, the, like the saunas and the baths and the masks. I mean, some of the, it's just like such a rich and it's so like self-love and like self-care. Yeah. You yeah. know, like take the time. I mean, definitely Southern Italian and Italian in general, they're definitely beauty traditions, but I, I feel more than like actual products that yeah. the traditions in my culture are more like spirit, yeah. you know, right? Like the way you live and like, okay, you eat Ooh, fresh, yeah. exactly. Like you eat fresh food. I'm talking about Italian culture now, not, so, not Italian Americans because Italian Americans, okay. it's like fried eggplant, yeah. Yeah. chicken Parmesan. This is different, right? Yeah which is probably a whole other show, but, um, you know, in Italian culture, it's, it's more how you eat. Right. And that's the beauty. And that's the, right. Like you eat with people, you eat in joy, you eat fresh, like food that is from the earth that nourishes you and the company nourishes you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, I love that you said that because that's exactly like, even with our tours, like, you know, Italy has always been on my mind. I just, you know, there's been some challenges with, with us launching new cities with everything that's going on. But of course. for example, like, like you said it, Italy, it's, it's in that, in that food element in that spirit element. So of course, like we would go visit the olive farm. We would go visit mm -hmm. a beauty brand founder to hear how they got started and what the beauty of their story is. But part of like the beauty to identify it and do it justice would be revolving around those dinner tables and those experiences of, of having those kind of conversations because beauty is more than just what's on the outside. It's food, it's art. You know, I know for me, when I was in Italy, I learned so much about art, like more than I ever have my whole life, just right. walking through Rome and, and going to Venice. It was just different. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the, like we mentioned earlier, the Bella Figura part of it is very much, is as beautifying, right? Internally as any like face cream you're going to put on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what we you try know? You said it right there. Like, and that's what 
we try to do with our brand. It's kind of like we want to bring people. Yes, we get them excited by thinking it's like beauty and all these things, but it's like, can you step into like the way of life and then you get it? You know what I mean? Like, you can't get it unless you're in it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's wonderful. I mean, your trips sound amazing. I'm like like many people I know. I'm sorry that you've had to put it on hold. You know, I know people are like gotten their businesses to such great places, and then this pandemic just has everybody like pulling up the emergency brake. Uh, you seem very high spirited, yeah. as if you're you're like adapting and doing what you have to do to kind of adapt your model. Is there anything like in particular you've been doing differently since we've been in quarantine? Especially you're in New York, so like me, you know, quarantine's yeah. even stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like the, the, the realness is out here. The realness know? is out there. Yeah. yeah. I think the one thing that I have definitely taken on and I is, you know, I have two roommates here in New York and you learn the most when you're living with other people, I think, mm. <laughs> or even by yourself, you know? And I think that again, being gentle with what you're delivering during this time is very realistic. on like keeping normal or whatever that means but keeping sane I think is the yeah. right word sane and calm yeah sane and calm I'm always a I'm always you know as entrepreneurs as people who are creators and leaders I think that we this is a very normal state in a way where we always are operating from a place of I don't know what the future looks like that's normal for us you know what I mean like that's mm-hmm. very normal I wake up every day not knowing if my ideas will actually be able to be successful so this playing field it's very interesting, and I I kid around, and I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm gonna say because you know what, maybe someone. <laughs> but I'm pretending that the government is paying to like keep my business afloat. I have a I government contract. <laughs> I have a government contract for the next six months. <laughs> and it's like paying me to keep working, so I know you know it's not to undermine what's actually happening, but again, we said it before. Like I feel my best when I'm creating, whether I'm creating for my business or helping someone else with their business. Um, but just staying positive because at yeah. the end of the day, I know what matters. Like I have my, you know, I have my family with me that I haven't seen in like a month, but I, what we talk, I call them every day. You know what I right. mean? That's, I call them every day. I make the effort and that's, we can only do the best that we can. So that's kind of like what's been helping me during this time. Yeah. And I think that I've been so impressed at how people are adapting for the most yeah. part, you know, and how quickly like everything shifted to accommodate this new situation you know like we saw so quickly people on instagram especially you know on social media doing different things for their businesses doing lives like even hair salons okay can't do your hair but selling root touch-up kits you know that you specific to your color that you can go pick up like you know just like the ingenuity and the adapting, you know, it's not ideal. I know salon owners want their salons open and I, I don't blame them. But um, it's kind of interesting to see how creative we can get when we need to, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I always said this, like, there's a dual reality in this moment. You know, there's a lot of pain as well as a lot of love. And so it's like, it's the, it's the life of the yin and yang, right? Mm-hmm. So like after the Bella thing, it's like, we know, and I have chills even saying this, it's like, we know that love is always a yin and yang. and are you going to in this moment and just find the beauty in it? So Absolutely. that's what I feel like I'm holding on to. I don't know if it's right for everyone, but I know that I have no control. I can just create and help. Absolutely. I think that's so beautifully said. And I, I, I've talked to a lot of people during this time who feel similarly that, you know what, this is a good time to kind of 
do things like connect to our ancestors and connect to our ancestral traditions. You know, it's why so many people uh, we've like been laughing, you know, are baking, uh, lose a lot of bread, flour, flour, like it's hard to get flour all of a sudden. (laughs) I've been cooking, me and my roommates, we cook three times a week and each one, each time we we make incredible meals. I, yep. Of course, I did the eggplant parmigiana as my first. <laughs> I guess it's Italian American. It's Italian American. It's, it's American. So Long Island, Island people. <laughs> yes, and you know what's so funny is I started in Milan my month long journey through Italy with my mom, and every single place that I went to, I would ask for eggplant parmigiana. Everywhere, everywhere, no one had it. Nobody yeah. would make it until I got down to Amalfi. Oh and yeah! Finally, oh no, I think it was in Rome, and I and finally someone I took a, I had to take a cooking class that was making eggplant parmesan in order for me to make it. And since it was a tourist, right? I was going to say specifically for tourists. Yeah. The only way I ate eggplant parmesan in Italy was by taking a cooking class. Right. Well, because you didn't know yet that that's actually an Italian American uh, adaptation. No yeah. idea. Yeah. It's like yeah. someone maybe asking me about tacos. I have it's, no idea. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I I have like um. As somebody who is interested in beauty and health and beauty, I have kind of like a like a love hate relationship with the, the Italian American culture of like food because it's really not good for you. It's actually very like unhealthy. But I think if we, what I always like talk about is I think if we can get to a place where we see it as something that's to be eaten in moderation, you know, then you can see that like the richness of it is is actually very good for you, right? Because there's something so deliciously soul feeding about sitting at a table with a huge plate, a huge like a casserole of eggplant Parmesan and spaghetti and meatballs that Nona made and beautiful fresh bread. You know, there is a place for that. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not every day, you know, because then bad things start to happen to us. So I I know that's just my little public service announcement, I guess. (laughs) My roommate my roommate married a guy from Italy, like a like legitly from Italy. She's Cuban. Oh, and so oh wow. wow. And he would cook for us. And I would, lo- every moment he cooked, I would just, and I would tell him the story about how I grew up with Italians. And I'm sure I drive him crazy. But the one thing that would drive me crazy was that when he would serve me, it would be so little. <laughs> a portion control. Right, small portion. And I was like, this is not enough. Like, I'm used to having a whole plate filled of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then like slowly learn the art form of eating, you know, right. it's about tasting it. And you yeah. didn't need all of that because it was perfect with just that mouth. Oh, but it was hard. It still is hard not to. That's the, the yeah, that's the Italian American serving, you know, like you took the Italian and then you added the wealth and abundance that came from being in America. And you have this enormous plate of pasta, this like never ending plate of pasta, but it's not really, you know, usually pasta, as you know, in Italy is your first course. And it's just like a, it's a little, it's a little like tasting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and then you move on. So as we wrap up here, cause you've been really generous with your time, terrific conversation as, as I knew it would be. I want to like quote you back to yourself. <laughs> so uh, I read somewhere you said, I wanted to see in starting your company, I wanted to see how beauty was identified everywhere and not from a magazine cover, but from everyday people who hold tradition and mythology as part of their everyday lives. And I love, you know, when I hear words like tradition and mythology, I'm I'm immediately like my antennas go up. So I love the idea of those being tied to beauty. And my two questions for you is, you know, why do you think you were drawn to that? And, um, 
also like, what have you learned about beauty from people who do, you know, have a focus on tradition and mythology? Yeah. I know those are like two big questions. I always do that to people. (laughs) (laughs) So just pick pick one or pick the first thing that comes to your head. It's okay. (laughs) I can see it in your face. You were like, (laughs) (laughs) I should let people know. I don't send, I don't send questions to people beforehand. So it's not even like they're prepped to, you know, handle them. What I love about what you just said was like, I like, I, I just love, I love that quote from me. <laughs> it's a great quote. I was like, I love this, you know, highlight. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, one thing that I crack up about is like, I'm, I'm such a normal, like, I love to have fun. You know, it's, maybe it's the Long Island girl than me. But when I talk about my business, it's like, I get so serious and so <laughs> Because it just like, it just, gra- it like instantly grounds me. But most of the mm-hmm. time I'm like, you know what I mean? So I'm a makeup artist and he's like, and stuff, but what it, what like with that quote I love about it is that tradition and the mystical world and the myth like mythology and all that stuff. I've always been attracted to those things because again, I've always felt like we were being lied to. It's like I wish I had this like crazy answer for you, but it's like to, for since I was younger, I always knew that there was something more. I always had this feeling that life wasn't this vertical, horizontal definition and my whole life I've just wanted to search more about what that meant and I use beauty as my vehicle and as like my light because it's what I always was searching for within myself and Mm -hmm. it's something that I felt comfortable leading the conversation with you know it's something I know about and so for me it's like it goes hand in hand because traditions are the values and the core of who we are as a society right now the mythical world and mythology and all these like things that you learn when you travel, it's like, this is what connects us to our story. Yes. So I'm fascinated with why we think the way that we do, why we operate in this climax condition of a life. And what I'm always searching for is what is the truth. Mm-hmm. And when you ask yourself, what is the truth of beauty? What is the truth of life? You realize that these are all just things that have been said and passed down for generations. And we decide to take those on as our truth. And through travel and through my experiences, it's like, let the world tell you what the truth is. And then you step into this whole other element of spirituality and connection and purpose and what actually matters, you know? So I hope that did justice to your question. Beautiful answer. Yes, beautiful answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did, like I said, throw a lot at you, but absolutely. I think what I hear you saying also is there's kind of an element to life and to beauty that we don't see. And that's just as important as the beauty that like we do see the makeup, the hair, the outfit, et cetera. Exactly. It's, you know, there's, I always say there was a moment in India where I just broke down and started to cry because it was like, I understood for the first time in my life that beauty was nothing, was nothing that I could see physically. It was everything that I could feel mm. when you eat a meal, right? Mm. With your family, it's like you feel this abundance of connection and love and that's beautiful. And if you can find beauty in the most darkest places, then you've kind of tapped to something, you know, during this time, like we just had this incredible conversation. And I'm telling you that like, I'm pretending the government is paying me as a government contract. That's freaking beautiful to shift your mind into thinking in that space. And that's what I like want to do with everything. And with around the world beauty, it's like, if you can find beauty in the darkest places, then you're on to something. 
And you go into life thinking that you're going to learn something, that you want something out of this life. And then the world gives you a whole different answer. And it's uncomfortable, but it's what kind of drives my fuel is getting uncomfortable. Mm, Yeah, travel is definitely getting uncomfortable. And as a confession, I'm not a big traveler. And I think it's because I don't like being uncomfortable. We have a mutual, you know, a person that we know, Michela Malozzi, which listeners who've been with me for a while will know Michela. She's been on the Italian American podcast. And I joke with her about this a lot because Michela is, you know, the Uber traveler. She's like travel queen. And, and I say to her, like, I just like being home a lot. Like, I just like, I'm one of those people who likes being home. And I, but it also is an element of, I don't like to be uncomfortable. So I always, I do have to push myself sometimes. But travelers like you and Michaela are like awe-inspiring to me. We all learn differently. And I think that whatever is like in our path, I love being home. I love being home now more than ever. Like I think it was great when I was in my 20s. And now I created something where it's going to allow me to travel back to the places that I actually love. But I definitely enjoy being home a lot more than I ever have. Like now mm. home is my sanctuary. Now home is right. my life. Right. Now it used to be New York was just a, a sleeping ground to work and to leave to go travel. and. What I learned in Europe and in Italy primarily is your home is wherever you are. Mm. And I didn't know that. I, di- I thought that this was just a place I slept in and that was that. And now I created it into being a sanctuary or peace, how the Europeans live. And I love that. That's beautiful. So to wrap up, please tell us where, like, what's next, where we can find out more about you and your tours. I mean, I always link to everything in the show notes, but just in your own words. Yep. Um, so we do have a website, it's aroundtheworldbeautyjourneys.com. And we have our Instagram, which is ATWBeauty. And something that's really cool that we have happening right now is due to COVID, we decided that we will launch our beauty boxes. And so we've been to the places that we go to, we source these ingredients from our partners. These partners are the ones that we bring our tours to life with. And during this time, we're like, you know what? We want to just launch our beauty boxes and support these communities that we're working with on the ground and also bring global beauty to the world as well. So we're, we have these beauty boxes that are launching June 1st hmm. that are Latino beauty inspired. So this one is all about Latin beauty. It's honoring our ancestors, the herbal bathing ritual that's really consistent throughout Central and South America. Oh, and beautiful. it's just about self-love and experiencing this global beauty ritual with us. So. I love that idea. I'll definitely link to that in the show notes for any of you who are interested. Check out the tours. You've got some time to book, I'm assuming, for next year's trip, which uh, hopefully will happen. They sound amazing. The work you're doing is amazing. I'm definitely a fan. Um, you're not, you've not heard the last of me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to join me, Stephanie. Of course. Thank you for having me. hope you enjoyed spending this time with me and Stephanie and you enjoyed the conversation and are able to take something away from it. I I appreciate you being here. I know it's um, not always easy to jump back into something when uh, the host has been slightly MIA, but um, (laughs) I appreciate your understanding, patience, and um, again, just spending the time with me. Reminder, you can sign up for my newsletter at bellafigurapodcast.com. You can also DM me on Instagram. I'm at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto. And you can just search Dolores Alfieri and I should pop up. You can email me at Dolores at bellafigurapodcast.com. And um, don't hesitate to share any thoughts or show ideas uh, for the new year. 
And again, just thanks for being here with me. Here's to knowing your roots and cultivating a beautiful life from their power. 